Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. I want to give you some keys also, as well as... It's a, it's a holiday camp. You get it. There's nothing. I have so many things that I mean, if we have to go on and on. I have warfare keys, income keys, keys to come out of obscurity, loyalty keys, prosperity keys, spirituality keys, leadership keys. It's a, it's a, a lot of things. So we cannot do a lot. So we just touch here and there and then We'll be on the move. What do you think? But you already know a lot of things. Yeah, it's, it's now you have to apply them. You get it? Yeah. So we brought you here so that we can fellowship and then um, be encouraged to use what uh, we, are, we are learning or what we have learned all this time. Do you get it? Yeah. So... Does anybody have any question? No question. That's a bad sign. For now. Right. So, keys to coming out of obscurity. Key number one. Obey God. Key number one. Get it. I don't have it. Obey God. Amen. Amen. What do you think? Hmm? Abraham went out of Egypt, his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. Amen. Amen. Now the and Abraham was very rich. In cattle, in silver, and in gold. Amen. Amen. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country. Do you see? I'm trying to show you the end and the beginning. Yeah. The end and the beginning. As he came out of obscurity. Do you understand? Yes. And he, 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 he was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. I tell you, God can make you very rich. Do you see? In every aspect. In cattle. Huh? Are you there? Rich in cattle. Rich in cattle. All right. 
rich in every aspect. Rich in silver, rich in gold. Do you believe it? Yeah. Let me just get Alright. So, obeying God is perhaps the obeying the voice of the Spirit and following the Spirit, you see, is perhaps the greatest key to any endeavor that you are going to undertake in these spiritual matters. Because the owner of the work is God. It doesn't, any of us, he can press any part of us and that place will turn into cancer. And you are out. You can be dead in six weeks. I'm telling you. Is it true or it's not true? Yeah. There is, there, is, there is nothing about us that can make us self-exist. The work is His. The preaching is His. The message is His. Everything is His. And we are His. There is nothing to it except what He says. So your greatest quest must be to master the art of hearing so that you can obey. This is what Kenneth Hagin said. He said the difference between ministers. And now, now, for all of you, you are now professionals. Oh yeah, these are professionals. And maybe I should call it professionals camp instead of hunters and farmers. But professional hunters and farmers, it's your profession. Being God, right, you have about five different things that um, you sort of have to juggle with. And all the five are, this, are equivalent to obeying God. It is just like how we have to juggle with, um, you know, uh, uh, which money to choose, who to, where to build, and so on. Number one is when you read your Bible. I'll tell you that I have found that when I read my Bible, God speaks to me. And perhaps I'll say that one of the highest ways by which God speaks to me is in my reading of the Bible. Apart from learning the knowledge of the word, I find myself direct, even at camps. At times I come, I, I can have a whole camp base of my quiet time that I had in the morning when I arrive at the camp. And I'll come and share my quiet time onwards. Yeah. But even during the camps, I found God speaking to me in the mornings. When I read my Bible, God speaks to me. So that's one. But if it is as usual, like water, it's not respected, but probably the greatest. Then another way that God speaks to you is through your pastor. Now, I don't know what you are writing, but you can write if you want. There's nothing to write. I mean, all these are in the books. Huh? You want to still write it? 
It's a sign of loyalty. <laughs> Forgive. <laughs> anyway, don't worry, please. You don't, you don't need to write. You can write if you want, but you don't have to write. Just try to understand what's going on. All right? Your pastor, like for instance, if you are in this church and you've grown up as a sheep, like you realize that the life of the sheep depends on him following his shepherd. And depending on how you are linked to the shepherd, even a little thing may link you to life. If you are sort of a distant sheep, when he goes left or right, he sort of just sway at distance. You don't really follow exactly. What I'm trying to say is that if there's a large flock and you are behind and the shepherd is down there and he goes to the left, you may not even go left because you are distant. But if you are very close and he goes left like this, you better go left too. Because not going left may mean that you will go into a river. But when you are far and he goes left, you are, you are quite far. You are already a, a distant type. So when he turns left, it will not really affect your turning left so much. That is how come it looks like some people, they don't really obey their shepherds. It doesn't seem to really be changing their lives much. It's because of their positional relationship with the shepherd. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So if God has placed you close enough, it's likely that the tents of the person are connected to your tents. And his voice connected to your voice. You may ask like my, myself, are there, is there some other brother I obey when they say do this or do that? If you take, let's say, in my relationship with Papa Hagen, I, I am, I, I, my position is far, but near in another way, but far. I have heard him facing people who are RIMA graduates and people who are working with him he was talking about them. They were not listening to his son. And he was telling them that anything that his son does, is his son is discussing with him. And that what is, what is, if you follow his son, then you are following him. He said, you are not following me if you don't follow this. And he said, if you don't follow what we are doing, and what, follow what uh, his son was saying, and what they were saying in there. Uh, institution but it doesn't affect me because you see from where I am I don't even know what they are saying oh you don't care what I'm saying I don't even know what they are saying I mean it doesn't change my life there's nothing that I have the part that I can receive from the word part that part you know is where I follow yeah there are things that ring in my mind and my spirit all the time you get it. So if you are positioned close enough, the person turning left into full-time ministry will probably mean that you better follow on into full-time ministry. Yeah, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. If 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 I turn more into the non-dependent, whatever, you better rise up and walk in that thing very well because you are likely not to do well. If you just sit there waiting to be receive flying dollars. And you see, several 
people who would have turned out a certain way. Because they were positioned close enough. When I turned towards full time, they didn't turn. And most of them are shipwrecked ministers. Yes, most of them are shipwrecked ministers. They, they have a manner to nothing. And when they get to heaven, they will scream in regrets. I tell you, they will scream in regrets that they wasted the greatest opportunity of their life and they have no more chance to return to do that thing again. It will be their greatest regret for them because they were following it. Left, go this way, go this way. You get it. But there are people who also follow me from afar. Whether I go here, this, that, that, they are being blessed. I sat by a pastor when I was coming. He has his own ministry. He started churches in America, different. He said, but he didn't say it initially, you know, what he had. Listen, but after a while, he was, he was saying, I've listened to this camp. Hey! Listen, he said, wow! Read this book. He said, I read them over and over. These are big churches, independent churches with ministries, money. That they preach in the other, the higher, biggest churches in the city. Yeah. But these are like people that are following something, but from a, a point. So if I'm turning out to non-dependent, it doesn't concern them. And it doesn't have any effect whatsoever on a whole host of people. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So that is the second very important thing. I'm talking about obeying God. You have to balance all of them. Do you see? And the third one is the peace that you have in your heart about something. You know? The peace that you have in your heart about something. You know? Like the Bible says, where is this thing? Are you there? You are there? Um, yeah. Right. Anyway, like the peace, the peace that you have in your heart when you are obeying God. Like the Bible talks about the inner witness. There's a witness. And you see, I'm speaking in a way on a lot of assumptions that you know things that I don't really need to uh, go a certain way. Now it says that the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are the sons of God. All right? Or witnesses. The Spirit witness with our, to our spirit or with our spirit. So, uh, let the peace of God reign or rule in your heart. Do you remember that scripture? What verse is that? Colossians. So, allow peace to rule. So, when you don't have peace, and that, that peace is difficult to locate when I'm talking about peace. What, what are you disturbed about? You see, like for instance, some of the things we talk about, they bring disturbance. How many of you agree with me that they bring disturbance? <laughs> but the question is, which aspect of you is disturbed? Because you have different compartments. Do you see? Like if you are sick, which part of you is sick? Is it your head or your eyes, your heart, your stomach? Which part? You see, but this, this verse says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. 
So how to distinguish mind peace, heart peace, physical peace, pocket peace, all other kinds of peace. <laughs> but that, that's what I want you to master. And when we talk of obeying God, you have to obey the peace. That I have peace of the peace of God about this. You also have to obey the peace. You have to, so it's a combination of all this. So it's a combination of these several things. Alright? Then the next, the fourth one is the things that you know. The Bible says the spirit, the things that you sort of just know. And you know that you know. For instance, you know, you know that you must be a servant of the Lord. Uh, you know you must be in a particular town. You know, you know you must not live there. You know you must continue. You know you must die in this thing. You know you have no other work to do in this world except to serve God. How do you know these things? They just, you just know. And the Bible says that in... Uh, it says that the Spirit testifies, alright, that we are the children of God. And the Bible also says that the Spirit of God in us crying, Abba Father. As the Spirit cries, Abba Father, what happens? You know that God is your Father. How do you know that God is your Father? Yeah, that's what I mean. So those kind of knowings, do you get it? Is that I know there are some people I know things about them. I just know this person is like this, but I don't have any reason. And I just know it's not a word of knowledge, it's not a flash word of knowledge. There are some people who know that this person he will not be faithful to me, and there are some people who know this person will be faithful because really. So as you can't imagine somebody can become a Judas. But there are times that you just know. You just know. You just know. Are you there? Yeah. yeah. So that just knowing is something to you must follow. I'm talking about obeying God. You'll be rich in cattle, rich in silver, Rich in gold. I mean, like, if you look at me, in a certain sense, I'm rich in churches, rich in souls, rich in pastors, rich in houses, money, churches, books. And and I can... But you see, God has also shown me the futility in all the things. So, as by the time you get there, you see that it's useless. So, I don't need you again. It's fantastic. God, there is, one day I was reading a book on healing. I was talking about the human race needs healing. Then it lists the things that the human race needs healing of. Sicknesses in the body, sicknesses in the mind, emotional emotional problems, there were just about five, but one of the things was futility. 
the word futility. I'll never forget that word jumped out of the list. Futility. Uh, it's futile. It's useless. That everything is useless. Do you see? Because I'm sure this newlywed couple, if I've told them before, that we will say to you, there, here is your hotel, bed and room. Go there and do whatever. So, yeah. They will not believe that. They will say, yeah. Uh, you have to discover it for yourself. <laughs> it's, that, it's useless. That's why everybody was laughing at you because they are saying in there, you don't know. <laughs> it won't be anything. That's why everybody was laughing at you. <laughs> uh, tell me, you cannot imagine it. Hey, my boy. Anyway, so the fourth one is what? The knowings that you have. Then the next one, so, so these are very important. So, like, how to know you have peace. It's, it's, a, it's an important exercise if it takes you 11 years to know I have peace. You have to struggle with it, then you. Sometimes you begin to know by doing something that you had peace, that you thought you had peace about, it becomes something else. Then you realize that, no, that peace was not that the real peace. That peace was not peace. It was, it was, it was lust. Because sometimes we call lust peace. <laughs> yes. Yes. One day I was talking to a certain brother and I asked him, what are you attracted to? You know, then he was mentioning some things. I said, I said to him, I'll tell you something just free of charge. It will not cost anything. I said that what I will tell you is that women are easily deceived. Number one. And also easily deceive. Uh Not only are they easily deceived, but they are very deceptive themselves. Because he had just been deceived and was continuing in the deception. And I was asking him, what are you looking for? I told him, what I'm telling you, you don't understand it now. Because when you see the beauty tell you and your the, the Romans let, let me let me show you something in Romans. <laughs> hey Romans <laughs> are you there <laughs> Romance, romance. <laughs> I cannot find it. 
verse 5. Chapter 7, verse 5. It says, For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions were aroused by the law. They were aroused by the law. You see, when the law said, this one is wrong. The passions are aroused. This one is not good. That is why when it has been made legal, you look at the thing and say, ah, me at all. What was guiding me? <laughs> what was guiding me? It's fantastical. But it says that the sinful passions which were aroused. That is why you are married to somebody and somebody that you are not married to. Because the law says do not have anything with this person. And that is what arouses. <laughs> the law. <laughs> and if you have somebody who creates his or her own laws, personal laws, apart from the laws in the Bible. Don't do this. If you do this, this. If you talk to this person, it's a sin. Why do you talk to this particular person? If you smile at this person, it's a sin. That person has also created laws that this person is a wrong person. This is a person. And that rather arouses passions for that person who has been marked as a law that that person is not supposed to be spoken to. Yeah. You will not understand until you read romance. Romance. (laughs) Yeah? When they say, you like this person, therefore that person is, a new law has come about that particular person. It arouses the fact, but the one that they don't say anything about, they may even be more voluptuous. Nothing is aroused, because there's no law. This one is... Now, it says, but sin, in verse 8, taking opportunity through the commandment. You see, as soon as he had a command, this, don't do this, he took opportunity through the commandment, produced in me coveting of every kind. <laughs> it it produced in me coveting of every kind. As soon as the commandment came forth or comes forth, this, this don't do this, don't sit here, don't ride here, don't talk here, don't do. This. As soon as that commandment, a sin takes opportunity. Arousing covetousness of every kind. 
What do you think? Yeah. Is it not amazing? Yeah. That is why you are married to a wife and your penis cannot erect. You see. It cannot. You need to take medicine. <laughs> not cannot and does not. <laughs> there is a program on te- in television, BBC. Can't cook and won't cook. It can't and it won't. <laughs> hey, that sin taking opportunity from the commandment which has come. That don't, don't do, don't look, don't see. Don't, that's the one you want to see. It arouses in you covetousness of every kind. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is just by the way. Yeah. It's fantastic. I'm talking about the first key to coming out of obscurity, and there are 31 of them. Obeying God is very, very important. Amen. Amen. Obeying God is very, very important. So, that knowing, you have to follow it. That peace, you have to follow it. That daily word, or even reading the Bible, you have to follow it. That, uh, what else? The pastor's shepherd's voice, you have to follow it. Then, you come to dreams. Do you see? You have to follow dreams also. Do you see? So it's almost like a checklist and a discovery journey. Because none of us can say, based on how we feel, it's not so easy to know the peace and to know the things that you know based on your suspicions and your education and your background. You understand? And what is being said. And when you fast. And different things. But that is your quest. It's your journey. You have to master it. When you master it, God can guide you all the way. I wrote a book. 20 times God radically changed my direction. Yes. By the Spirit's guidance. Yeah. Huh? I don't know. Do you see? That he changed my... This way. 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 I'm telling you, that's what brings you to the riches. Look, it was a vision that I had. I wrote a book, 20 visions that affected my life. One of the visions was at the very beginning of my ministry. I had a vision I was walking down a road like that, winding path. And on the left side of the, ro- of the road, I came to a heap of uh, sand. And then on the right side, I was saying, and as I kept going, I would see these heaps. But when I got to the first heap, the first heap of sand was not a heap of sand. It was a heap of gold. And 
when I was amazed, I wanted to stop there, take it up, call for a cheaper truck. Because there was no owner of this gold. And the Lord said to me in the vision, don't stay here. The road which I'm taking you on, this was as I was coming into ministry. The road that I'm taking you on, there is a lot of this thing. Just keep walking on my road. you see more. There's no need to stay here. Yeah. And, and it's true. There are many, many things you will not know that is part of. Because I never knew certain things were part of the ministry. I never knew. And I never saw certain things until a certain time. I've seen different things. That's why I said, don't stop here. But as far as I could I couldn't see there was anything. I mean, this was the, I have arrived. You have not arrived. When you have $1,000 income, $1,000, you have, you have not arrived anywhere. You have not arrived anywhere. I'm telling you, don't be, come, look, there is more, but as soon as you stop, it ends. And what will happen is that what you thought was riches will get dried up right before your very eyes. So, carry on. Walk on the road that God is leading you. And master, master, master the key. Do you see? Now, dreams and visions. Dream in the night or in the day. Visions in the night or in the day. It's also something you have to sort of master. And you must have dreams. You must have dreams. How can you not have dreams? How can you not have dreams? It's, it's wrong if you don't have dreams. Because the Bible says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. And the young men will have visions. The old men will have dreams. It's a sign of the presence of the anointing. Right. Dreams and visions. Look, it is more of a sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit than tongues. Because there's nothing said in the Bible that when I pour out my spirit on offer, and they shall speak in tongues. There's nothing said like that. What has been said is that I pour out my spirit, and they will have dreams. That's the actual prediction. Yeah. So if you don't have dreams and visions, pray because you need your eyes to be open. That's why I said that you don't know that you are blind. So come and buy. It's something you can buy. It's something you can get. And I'll anoint your eyes with eye salve so that you can see. So that you'll be rich. So that you'll be truly blessed. It's something you can have. Yeah. I believe in dreams and visions. I'm guided heavily by dreams. But you see, I'm very careful with dreams and visions. Because a dream, you can have a dream and you'll be off course. Suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I say it, it goes along with the Bible <laughs> you are reading, the pastor's voice you are hearing, the peace that you have, the knowing that you have, the what? The things that you know, the dreams, the vision. It's a combination. If you if you if you just go on dreams. Now, why? Would you say, huh? Why would you say, or why would you feel? Why would God say to you that um, you should test the prophets? 
do you see? Or you should uh, test the spirit. But there's another verse. Um, let the others judge. And also what else? Judge all prophecy. What verse is that? Prove. Prove. That's what I'm looking for. Yes. Why would he say to you, prove, examine everything carefully. That's what this one says. And hold fast to that which is good. The highest level. Listen, listen to me. I was preaching about this on Sunday night. The highest level of prophetic ministers. The highest level. They are the ones who are confident to talk about when they are not having prophetic words. They are the greatest. They are the ones who know the difference clearly. So when they are, when they are talking, they say, you know, it is not a prophetic word. It's not, I'm just talking with you. I'm just, I'm just sharing with you. When they have, they know the difference. Because it's, it's, there are two different things. Just having a silly dream or just a dream which is just part of your mind. Because unbelievers also have dreams. They have a lot of dreams. One day, our our driver in the house had a dream. He had a dream. And and in the dream, he had been sacked. (laughs) Yeah. And he was very, very worried. And he came and he said something. He said he, and he said something else in the dream, which I always remembered. I, I can't talk about that. But he, he said something that he said that he had been sacked. You know? But a lot of people have dreams. The butler had a dream. The baker had a dream. The book at Nisa had a dream. Pharaoh himself had a dream. Joseph had a dream. All these people have dreams. So dreams are not common, are not specific to only the Holy Spirit's presence. It's other things as well. So the highest level, they, they can switch. This was, the, this was the great thing about Hagen. He can switch between... I, I read a book which was intended to criticize him. It is called Another Gospel. That book is called Another Gospel. A, a book like this. Criticizing... But one of the things they said rather made me understand. He said that he he is a master at switching between the two worlds. He switches from the scripture. He said in one moment he'll be talking about the scripture. The next moment he will be relating a fantastic vision which confirms the scripture. And he switches between the two like that. Yeah. So when I read, I never forgot that. That's the only thing I remember in that book. Yeah. And, and that, that was Paul. Paul could say, I, I got this from the Lord. I can speak of a man. He went up into heaven. This, this, this. Then he would talk. He said, This one is not the Lord. I'm the one saying this. This, 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 this. Then he said, No, I'm now saying this one the Lord said. And like that, switch. The bridge between the two worlds is getting smaller. And you must be able to sit. And one moment you are here. And next moment you are here. But you must know which world you are in. So that you don't, you don't use... Otherwise you can use your inflamed passions. 
You see, one time there was a certain guy who said he, he needed to deliver a certain lady from her spirits of whatever. And that there was something in her vagina that she, he needs to remove. He needs to remove it from her. See, now, now let, let me tell you something. Sexual, sexual feelings are very close to spiritual things. If you don't know, I'll tell you. Yeah, and they are very close to prophetic things, sexual feelings. Do you know why? In a man, the arousing of sexual feelings, right, it's, it's not caused by the presence of a female body. It's caused by excitement of, of a mystery. Yeah. It's caused by the excitement, right, of a mystery. But it's not by a female body. The presence of a female body or the presence of a naked female body. It's caused by the excitement of a mystery or a mysterious thing. Yeah. That is why there's strong erections and strong. Not the excitement, erection, sexual interest or whatever, before marriage. And just as you are approaching it, even more intense, because you are getting nearer to the mystery. <laughs> when the mystery is cracked, open. <laughs> Yeah. When the mystery is solved and the mystery is no longer mysterious, you you would you you would be surprised. You would be surprised. Yeah. That suddenly that sensation that inflames and grips you, it grips you, it's gripping, is gone. Or it's not there. Or you have to arouse it. Now, many things in the spirit are mysterious and are hidden. And so there is, there is, there is some neighborliness between the two because they are both mysterious. And they are both things in the dark and things that are hidden. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there is a, there is, there is a relation. You see? And that is why that is why sometimes people tip off and sometimes have words of knowledge only about women. Do you see? And sometimes sex, mostly sexual words of knowledge. There's somebody here wearing red panties. <laughs> yeah, you committed fornication yesterday. Come forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, you don't understand what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Church. Do you understand? Are you there? Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's mysterious. Yeah. Hidden things. Mysterious things. Yeah. Anyway. So, the prophetic ministry, visions and dreams, is an area that you must also crack open for yourself. And you must, that's the, that's the, the danger. And then you have voices. The other day I was in the car and I had a voice behind me to my left side. And the voice said, somebody has this. That's what the, well, somebody has something. Then I said to myself in the car, this is what I was hoping would not happen. You know? And you have to be careful about voices because when you start hearing voices too, the other thing is that it's mad people who hear voices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of the symptoms of mental illness. Yes, auditory hallucinations. They hear people talking to them, advising them, insult, especially insulting them, and accusing them. You know, it's it's one of the things that uh, affects mental, and actually, it's the key sign for the diagnosis of madness. True madness. A lot of, there are a lot of mental conditions. Depression, this, this, but there's, when we say schizophrenia, it means that you've diagnosed that the person is mad. I asked my lecturer once in psychiatry, what does schizophrenia? He said, madness. That is real madness. And this is one, you need these two things. The paranoid delusions and auditory hallucinations to make that diagnosis. You have to talk with the person uh, and say, the person hears people to you. Ask, do you hear people talking to you? So oh, yeah. They are always telling me. You know, yesterday they were talking to me. They said I'm this, they said I'm this. Is then you ask the person things, who are you? So I was, I'm professor. So, so I work at the castle. You know, I have a briefcase. I said this is a, and you are not professor. You are a woman. So I'm a man. I'm a woman. I'm a man. And this is like, they don't change their mind. These two, when you, so psychiatrists diagnosed by discussing. And when they discuss with them, they say that this thing, he believes something that cannot be changed. And this one, he hears voices. And you put the two together, you are diagnosing. Yeah, that's how you diagnose that this person is bonkers. True, doctor. So, what I'm sharing with you, when you start to hear voices, you must also be careful. All this, you see, when the more deeper, the further out you go, more you must be very careful. Because it can tip you in two. You can ask Bishop Eddie, we had a friend called Ryo. Yeah. I tell you. 
And he heard a voice telling him that he must now uh, pray in the name of Oral. Isn't it? You remember that one? In the name of Oral. And Oral means word, which means Jesus, which means something. And Oh, he went totally mad and went out of the school. That was how it started. In the name of Oral. You know, we had a lot of, one of our best friends. Best friends. Yeah. So, that is um, key number one. Key number two to your um, coming out of obscurity is you must believe in God's word. Amen. And the Bible says, and he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Amen. This is still Abraham. This is the person who was rich in cattle, rich in gold, rich in silver, rich in everything. He believed in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Now, what you believe is what is going to make you a great person spiritually. What you believe. Amen. So try hard to believe what God says. Now, you may think that what I'm saying is not necessary. After all, we all believe. If we were not here... If we, if we were not here, we, we wouldn't... I mean, if we did not believe, we would not be here. You see? But it is not true. We believe things to different extents. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you may believe that I'm your spiritual father or your father in ministry, but people believe it to different extents. You, be, you may believe, for instance, that what I'm saying... That we should become non-dependent and mature. You may believe it, but to different extents. Do you see? You may believe that God wants you to be in the north or the south or the west or the east, but to different extents. Or I may believe that I should be an evangelist, but to different extents. Now, why do you think that God sometimes speaks twice? Or three times? Or sometimes allows you to have certain bad experiences? It's to help you and make you believe certain things even more. Yeah. So it shows you that believing is in levels. It's like you take it. But at the point you say, you take it more. And, and it's usually what it is able to make you do. Yeah. That determines who you are and how much, how much you believe something. Yeah. What it, it is able to make you do. Do you see? If we talk about sowing a seed, giving, sacrifice, even like the books that I've written, I can preach from them effortlessly for hours and hours. And it's because I believe the things. 
And actually, I find it difficult to write about something I don't believe. And I have learned not to try. If I don't believe in something, eh, deeply, you see, there, there is a level to which I must believe in something to be able to write it. That's why when people say, I want to write a book, sometimes at the very youngest state of your life, you want to write a book. It is true that you believe it. But I tell you, it's going to take some more time for you to really believe what you say you believe. Yeah. You believe God is good. God is good. God is good. You have to see some bad things. And still say God is good. You have to, you have to see some bad things and say God is in control. For some time, for some years, so that I really believe that God is in control. I believe I have to serve God, like these students and so on. Those who are coming, they were initially how many? The first group, Lulu, who said they will be full time from Alos. That's from the university. 42. They said they will be full time. And how many are coming t- tomorrow? 11. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As I kept meeting with them, frightening them, telling them they are going to suffer, it's not easy, this and that, they kept on reducing. Huh? Yeah. And different things. And even these 11 that are coming, we will see how many will remain. Yeah. Pardon? Yeah. So what I, what, what, I, what I want to say is that faith comes by hearing. So it is necessary for many of us at the level at which we are. Because you are going to have a good report in the ministry based on your faith. You understand? The Bible says that by, by faith the elders obtain a good report. Not by being good or moral or this or that. By what you believe. Especially of what God says. So, take every single book. If you take uh, any book, let's say leaders and loyalty or loyalty and disloyalty or steps to the anointing. I will tell you that even though I speak a lot about the anointing, many of us believe, but we don't really believe that it is the anointing that makes me stand where I am standing. Yeah. Some still feel in their mind is good luck. Some still feel in their mind is strategies. Some believe that it's money. Some believe that it's my family. Some believe that it's administration, education, my skin color, management, my contacts. So you know, I, I can explain uh, still. It's because you believe something else. Monday I was having a meeting with all my pastors. Then I took aside one of the pastors. 
they were my treasures. Those pastors. I loved them with all my heart. So I took aside one of the people that I loved. And I said, you know, I thought, we, I thought we believed it in the same way. I said, we are going to make it. We are going to, you know, we are going to do this. Let's do this. And she said to me, a bishop, your father has money. Let's face it. Your father has money. And even if you don't work, you'll get money. But some of us, it's not like that. I was surprised. So, I realized that we believe it differently. Yeah. Do you understand? That's why I'm, I'm sure you have to come out of obscurity. Coming out of obscur- obscurity would depend greatly on the extent to which you believe things. He said, and he believed God. He believed God. He moved out. He believed. Yeah. He believed. Recently, God spoke to me. And I said to the Lord, Lord, these things are different. And I realized that that's one of the ways that I knew that it was God who had spoken to me because of what it was. You know, when you, when you hear something, you can easily believe. It's not usually from God. <laughs> the things that God wants to do, you can't believe. It's unbelievable. It's fantastic that he's going to use you or that he likes you. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. That's how you even know that. Because if you look at, look at where you are and look at where I am now in the ministry, and if God is telling you that, you will surpass Him in your ministry. Not, not in an evil way that I want to be better than this person or whatever. No. You can't, you can't be me, you can be you. But you can do it. I'm going to show you a film of Bonke when he went on the mission field. Yeah. You, you, I want you to see him at the beginning of his ministry. He was, he was a missionary to Lesotho. So I brought a DVD to show you. So that you see the beginning of somebody. How he, how he was nothing. And he had nothing. And how his supervisors sent a message like the message I'm telling you that we can no longer support. It happened to him. We can no longer support this thing in Lesotho. Yeah. <laughs> Be mature. <laughs> become who you can become. <laughs> and he has become. I tell you, I want you to see it for yourself. He started by even started a printing press <laughs> to print. Nobody was responding to his ministry. Yeah. It's amazing. But if you are called and you are a professional, you'll be very interested in something like that. And if you sleep, when something like that is being shown, it's a sign that you should be, you should leave. Anyway, now the financial thing alone will remove you from... <laughs> From, from, from that place. That thing, I don't have to speak. You can sleep during the film. <laughs> Take it as a sleeping time. And then that is it. I don't have to convince you. Are you, are you listening? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. So, 
Faith comes by hearing. What I would say is, keep on. It's like, if the anointing can help you. Just on that thing. Lord, I don't, I don't understand and I don't believe. I want to believe. Uh-huh. And you hear, and listen, and listen, because faith comes by hearing. You listen to the same over different things. Anointing, anointing. You know one of the things I've listened to a lot is the anointing. My current things that I listen to. Anointing. Oh yeah. I know what's all my, this is all about listening to on the anointing. It's from Benny Hill. Oh yeah. He can teach the anointing. You will not understand anything that he's saying, but after some time you understand it. Over and over and over and over and over. You will hear it and you start to believe. You believe in the anointing in a, in a way. You will come out of a certain oh yeah. Because a certain aura will come over you in that place. Then you will see. That the same God of Abraham, the same God of Isaac. That is, that is why God had began to have those names. The God of Abraham. Or the God of Isaac. It's like the one who helped this one. Is the one who helped me. Amen. That's how he got those names. Yeah. The God of this. The God of this person. The God of this person. It's also the God of this. You see, may the God who helped this person, may he apply that same formula and help me also. That's where he got those type of names from. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. And so when you watch this, and you see the God of Bonke, may the God of Bonke, or the God who also called me and lifted me from the rocks of Kaligono, may he also lift you from a certain unbelievable corner me personally I believe that every corner where you are can become an international center that's that's personally what I believe people will come to that place it's possible and that's what I'm sharing this key the key Bible says and he believed God he believed he believed he believed and it was count, he believed that it was counted to him as righteousness. I tell you, God, God, when you get to the place where you believe, you are seen differently. Even me, I treat people differently based on the extent to which I sense they believe in me. Oh, yes, I love them more, I like them more, I'm attracted to them more. That's why. I'm more attracted to the full-time people. I'm more at when I, there's a church member, the church, the person wants to become a pastor. I'm more attracted to that person. I'm attracted and I'm interested. I rarely talk about people's marriages, about this, about whatever. When I see the person is a pastor or the person is coming to the meeting, I'm interested in this marriage. I'm interested in anything. What is there about you? I like. To, let's talk about it. I, I'm interested. Because the person believes more than the ordinary member and has believed so much that he's become a pastor. He's believed so much that he's coming to full-time ministry. I'm, I, I'm interested in that guy. 
It opens my heart. I am interested in the person. I'll do anything, spend anything, do anything. That's why I say that as we go out of here, those who follow the things, you, you, we will see it. I gave the example of uh, James in uh, Sierra Leone. As you see the money that is there, that is, you see that this, you can see there will be people that will have money, they will save money, they will use money. And you see that this person believes what they are saying. That person will be, will be different. I will treat that person differently. It's natural. It's only natural. Do you get it? So believing in something, Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. You believe and you obey. Be, the, word, the word obey and the word believe come from the same pistis, pistos, pistis, the same verb. Faith, believe, believe, obey, believe, obey, they are interchanged. Believing and obeying is virtual. So there are two points that are virtual, but there's slight, the slight difference. So it's like the extent to which you know and you imbibe and you think it is true. And you live by it. Uh-huh. That's the extent to which you believe something. And I'm telling you, I know there are different extents to which we believe, for instance, in the anointing. Or let's say, even in the, when I talk about ham, ham make things. You must have heard me talk about ham. All of us believe it to some different extent. Some of you even think that I say those things because I'm half Swiss. Yes. No, I'm saying that's from the negative side. And then it comes along. And some people have it feel that, oh, this and that, or whatever, or that, whatever, you are saying this because of this. Or some of you feel that it's not really that. I try to give examples. I can see that. You don't believe. And I'm just showing you that. Eh? Abraham climbed out of a corner of a town of no today everybody in the world knows Abraham there is no part of the world I said there is no part of the whole wide world which does not know that name Abraham he said I'll make you great I'll make your name great I'll make you a father of many many nations I believe and he believed he believed and you see even Abraham's belief was not a one day belief if you start reading from about chapter 13 if you start reading from chapter 13 almost every chapter at the beginning and the Lord said to Abraham and the Lord said to Abraham so you see that each chapter he was speaking again so you see that his faith it's just like your faith keeps growing and increased by hearing the Lord speaking to him. Almost, it was the same topic. I'll make you pray. I'll do this. Different one day is about a wife having a child, and it's all related. What can you believe? And one day I was thinking. I thought. I thought about. I thought about Abraham. Any, if any of us grows old. To be old. If I was an old man to that extent, and you were all young people, I would be able to explain this story better. That he was 80, 90 years old, and his wife was also 80 or 90. And the Lord said, You're going to have a baby. As it goes like that. somebody you have been married to for 70 years not 5 years 
or ten years. Uh, Darling, yes. Old people. Have you not seen old people before? Where will even the erection come from? Actually. Yeah. And it was a very wild thing. Mystery. No mystery. Do you understand? That he, 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 he did something. So he really believed a lot of things. And as I said, when I look at the books, that I've written, I realize that what I believe and what I know is very different from what my people believe and what I and you can see from when they talk. You can see from when they flow. See that they believe things are very shallow. Yeah. And I'm not saying that what I teach is the only thing that is good. It is not. In fact, one of the things I'm going to teach you is that every pastor must have a library. I'm going to show you the library and I'm going to show you what you must have in your library. At least I'll start to recommend. Yeah, if you are a professional pastor, you must have a library. Yeah. Yeah. You must have a library. Okay? Are you there? Yeah. Are you professionals? Yeah. So try to believe the things. You get it? Ask yourself, like a book like Quiet Time. Recently I went somewhere I preached. Ah, it was a crusade. Where was it? Sampa. I preached from the quiet. Everybody was looking for the book. Quiet Time. Hey! It was not easy. But it's something that I believe. It's easy for me to take. I just hold it and let's go. Oh, you don't think so? All right. How many keys do you have? Key number To come out of obscurity, paying of tithes. Listen, when I say come out of, I mean come out of your hole. It's one of the keys is paying of tithes by you, the pastor. And by your church. Yeah. Everything in your world must pay tithes. You must pay tithes. Your wife should pay tithes. Your children should pay tithes. Your members should pay tithes. And I'm, I want to show you why. The Bible says... 
that. And blessed be the most high God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him, that is Melchizedek, tithes of all. That's Abraham. Abraham is the one who introduced tithing. Now, when a pastor doesn't pay tithes, number one, it removes your ability, you see, to have power to make others to pay tithes. And I mean, your whole future depends on your congregation paying tithes. <laughs> because if you don't pay tithes of all, of all, eh? of all, the word of preaching from you that will come forth about tithes will not have power. When you are spiritual, I don't say very spiritual, when you are spiritual uh, and somebody is not operating in the power of God and you have discernment, you will know even though everybody is impressed with that person. I'm going to share with you some things about snakes. How to overcome snakes. When, when we get to the warfare keys. How to overcome snakes. Serpents in your ministry. I was reading Regina's book. And this book called The Call. There's a chapter called The Words of Life. Jesus was speaking to Regina. He was being washed and cleansed. So he asked him that. How can my words have such an effect? We're talking about words of life. Then he said to him that when the word does not come from your heart, it does not have power. Yeah. When it does not come from your heart, it does not have power. That's what he told him in the vision. And this book called The Call. Huh? Yeah. What did you say about the spirit? The sword... Yeah, it's powerful. It doesn't cut. Yeah, <laughs> it's powerful. The sword of the spirit. If it doesn't, if the sword doesn't come from the spirit, it does. It doesn't cut. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a good scripture that backs that idea. But. If it doesn't come from the Lord, because it has to be the Lord's words if they are to have power. That's why I said that. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And if his words abide in you, when you speak out of the abundance of your, of your heart, you speak his words. Do you understand? Yeah. So, look, it's very difficult to preach about something you don't do. At least for me. It's difficult to, 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 to be something that you are not. 
Oh, you don't get what I'm trying to say? No. Not that it will not work. Some people are good at it for a long time. One of the things that I've seen, I've seen ministers for years and years and years. They sleep with girls. They do different things for years. And they are top ministers. It's something that I've also seen. You would think that if they do something like that, they will immediately go out of the ministry. No, no, it's not, it's not the case. <laughs> not always. Many times, no. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. But there is a, there's a place that you must get to that you can know that these words, and power, even the extent of the power is, is different. It, it has no effect. So just as I've, I've I was relating, watching, and I'm just, because I, I don't want to criticize anybody, and I pray that I will not criticize anybody. Just not interested. I just not watch, not listen, not relate. Then I found out. I said, wow, there are reasons. I just, there's a reason why I'm, I, I just, it's like the music. The difference between Andrew Crouch's music and some other Christians' music is that some people they gather words together and make their song. But if you take Andre Crouch, he sings from his heart, his song, his story. Let's start all over again. I, I never, I didn't think it could be till it happened to me. You know, somebody told me of the joy they had. Take me back to the place, oh Lord, I've come. Huh? I don't know why Jesus loved me. Somebody like you love somebody like me. And all that. You know, it's, it's, it's a real... It's, it's from that, that's how kind his of songs have been. But that's why you see that the father of the, of the gospel people, most of the rest, or a lot of the rest, you do just look at the songs, the words are being joined together. I once knew one musician. I knew him personally. And he composed a song. I never enjoyed the song. Although the song is a nice song. It's melodious and it's nice. You know, not so many songs, but it was quite okay. I never enjoyed the song. Recently I heard it again. I said, no. It's, it's the, the words are not his words. Because I know him. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.